Hey, welcome back to Let The Meat Digs. We're really glad you're listening this week. We got a good show. We're going to be talking about what happened this past weekend in college football. We'll talk about Stetson Bennett a little bit and Florida State and just all that good stuff. It was a fun week. We loved it. Uh, we'll also look ahead to this week. We'll look at some point spreads and give our thoughts on them. Uh, yeah, it's going to be mostly another college football week, but we'll also talk about the NFL. Chiefly, we'll be talking about that horrible, disfigured abomination we like to call the Atlanta Falcons. If that sounds good to you, buckle up. This is Let Them Eat Takes. Bonjour, and welcome to Let the Meat Takes, a sports podcast with the Outrage Air. Once again, I'm Jonathan, joined by Scotty and Justin. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Scott, Jonathan, where do you got to be so quickly? Do you have like a doctor's appointment in 30 minutes? No. I actually have a doctor's appointment in six hours. So I got plenty okay. of time. My yearly physical. They usually, All right, we got a six-hour episode coming at you. Right. They literally <laughs> won't give me my prescription of what I usually take. They're holding it hostage. They're like, you don't get another refill until we see you. It was whatever they're giving. Is it force you to talk at a normal person's speed, a la not like Ben Shapiro? Uh, I was just trying to get through the intro this time without you stealing it from me like you did last week. Well, mm, that's fair. I did it again. I <laughs> oh, no, you really did. <laughs> oh, man. So I thought this past weekend was going to be real sleepy in college football. It was anything but sleepy. Lots That's how they get you. Yeah. Every time people are like, oh, it's a sleepy week. No, watch out. That's, yeah. that's the thing. College football, you got a billion games, right? So you're mm-hmm. always going to have something entertaining. And when it's a sleepy week, that means a lot of big programs are playing little programs. Hey, a lot of those are going to be boring, but the ones that aren't boring are going to be super not boring. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure everybody at Florida State would have loved for a sleepy weekend in Tallahassee. Yikes. Man, uh, that is not what you want. I had a coworker whose uh, sons all went to Jacksonville State, so I'm sure he was over the moon. Oh, yeah. It, Which did is hear in the... Alabama, right? It's not in Jacksonville. <laughs> I'm serious. I, th- I think, oh. I think that's true. I think Jacksonville State is actually in Alabama. Makes no sense, but... Wait, there is a is there a is there a college in Jacksonville, Florida? I'm sure. It's Jacksonville, Alabama, confirmed. Yeah, I'm sure there's one in the Gamecocks. Yeah, man. Florida State got the dick this past weekend. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that the actual Gamecocks were ranked 69th in like whatever power ranking metrics nice. right now. Nice. Give that a nice. Um. Hey, did y'all hear the radio call from the Florida State Jacksonville State game? No, no. Who's radio? Oh, it was Florida State, so like radio <laughs> callers. <laughs> no, I haven't heard it. I need to look it up. And it's like it's two guys. Oh, it's great. Like after it happens, one of the guys goes, "I." He's like, "I just told him. I just told him." 
Yeah, like finishes his spiel, and you just hear like the you know thump as he throws the headset into the wall, and then the <laughs> other guy has to like finish it up. <laughs> well, his spirit yeah. has left his body. There is a <laughs> non-living, non-dead corpse now in the booth with me, and uh, that's Florida State football. Ah, uh, yes, your classic semi-corporeal announcer. <laughs> I did um, see a, a Florida State uh, offensive lineman or some player did propose to his girlfriend on the field after the game, and you could see the pictured Jacksonville State players uh, celebrating in the background. Yeah, I felt bad and, for that guy because, like, he was obviously planning on doing it. Yeah, he was planning on doing it, and he picked Jacksonville State because that was the game he was most confident they would win. Yeah, he looked at the schedule, he, he's like, he we'll looked at surely. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, here's the only game where it can't go wrong. That was a quick litmus test of, like, whether you're an insane fan or not on Twitter. was like, what is your take on this? And if the, you know, because people were like, how dare he? He's got no respect for the team. Would it surprise you if a lot of the, the replies I saw were incredibly dumb? No, people I'm, I'm shocked. They don't. He doesn't have the heart of a of a Seminole. He doesn't care about the team. He should be, you know. And then, of course, there were a few people I saw were like, "Well, maybe you know." It seems that they seem to get the through the good times and bad thing down this early on. So you can check that box off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of started us with Jack State and Florida State, and that's not in the order we have. So we can we can go with our worst take on that matchup. And then well, here, let me just, I, I'll start at the top and we'll, we'll loop back around and Ooh, I'll just, just give uh, you a little preview. Yeah. I, I'll give you the, the quick rundown here. Um, uh, USC Stanford played uh, very late night on the East coast. Um, but that's a, a big rivalry for the West coast people here that care about football. And uh, the take we have that sums that game up is actually a prediction. And the prediction is Urban Meyer leaks that he has a positive COVID test after an 0-6 start. He denies this, but takes a leave of absence that lasts until January and then announces the USC job. Oh, man. <laughs> that is some Nostrad- nostradamus What That sounds like it, exactly it's not what wrong. he would do. Yep. Mm. That's his MO at this point. Well, they just fired Clay Helton, right? So that's even more. Yep. Oh, I guess this was posted after Clay Helton was fired. Uh, R.I.P. Clay. Yeah, rip. Uh, let's see. We had we had Texas on the road at Arkansas, a and what was a former conference matchup, soon to be a future conference matchup. Mm-hmm. And uh, George Foster watching the game said, "Hey, SEC, take that invite back." So that's not <laughs> how well things went for Arkansas on the road. No, you mean Texas. Or for Texas on the road at Arkansas. Yeah, I think it was about three touchdowns, so not really that close. Uh, Georgia Georgia and UAB. Um, Georgia had a quarterback entry and was starting Stetson Bennett the fourth. And uh, brought to us by Every Day Should Be Saturday. Mess with the law firm and get served, UAB. (laughs) They definitely got served. Five pieces of airmail. He needs to get his branding down. He either needs to be the lawyer or the mailman. You can't be both. He can be the mailman turned lawyer played by Timothy Chalamet. If <laughs> if he's a boxer, he can be both because those dudes got like 12 nicknames. Sure. They also have like four different personalities per athlete. 
<laughs> he could be a he could be a wrestler, and he could have like a heel name, and then like a, a non heel name. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so over in the state of Alabama, Auburn played Alabama State. Alabama State is a historically black university in HBC, Montgomery. Yeah, yep. yeah and uh, Roy Wood Jr. summed up the recap of that game as hate crime. Eesh. Oof. That's yeah. a big oof. Uh, 62 to 0. So That's it was bad. brutal. He scored 35 points in the third quarter. How do you even do that? There was, uh, I guess, the biggest matchup of the week, one of the biggest matchups. It didn't actually, did it have game day? I don't remember. Uh, Oregon at no. Ohio State. I, game day was at Iowa State. It did yeah. have big noon energy. Yeah, it had some big noon slash big nude. It's a big something energy. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like the Oregon Duck mascot really embraces that big nude energy life, so it fits. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, hey, if you're listening with your kids now, just mute for the next five seconds. Have you ever seen a duck's penis? No, I It's not. like corkscrewed it, it's and mangly. A, and... It's a cloaca, I do believe. Is that what we're is, calling it? Well, no, that's when there's one hole for everything. Oh. Well, I think I bit off more than I could chew. Go on, tell me more about this actual football game or this mascot. <laughs> yeah, so uh, or- Oregon, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State has uh, a, an old veteran coach who is a coordinator now and has not been a coordinator before. I think he maybe had him last year. Kerry uh, Combs. Well, apparently he would make a great Big 12 defensive coordinator. That was the takeaway from that game. (laughs) Yeah, because Ohio State State had like 600 yards of offense and did not win. Something like that. Yep. Wasn't great. Texas A&M was on the road-ish at Colorado. They were playing in Denver. So it was like one of those neutral site NFL games in Denver. They couldn't just drive the extra 45 minutes to Boulder. So, you know, classic. Which is such a trash way to do it because the Colorado Stadium and campus is really cool. Like, it's a really neat place to play a game. So, you're going to fly all the way to Colorado and then not bother to, like, just hang out in Denver. It, it, Boulder's not even that far from Denver. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, Peter Burns recapped that game for us and said that Jimbo and the Aggies need some $9 million a year adjustments in the fourth quarter. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Texas A&M scored a late fourth quarter touchdown to win 10 to 7. Yeah, that was ugly. That was ugly. We got- we talked about Florida State, Jacksonville State. Um the best quick recap we had there was Urban Meyer, Florida State handshake emoji, poorly prepared for Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> When did he post this? Uh, okay, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was after they lost. And no, then, it, wasn't, let's it was see. before they lost. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, was, even better, even better. So, uh, do y'all have Peacock? Did y'all sign up for Peacock? I do wow. have Peacock for the Premier League. I do not have it for Notre Dame. Hmm. Well, say. apparently, a lot of people signed up on Saturday. For the Notre Dame Toledo game, um, a well-known historical rivalry featuring right. two teams with many national titles, 
Um, and Keith Marshall summed it up, said, I don't know how Notre Dame keeps tricking folks into thinking they're a top team. They do it. They've been doing it for they years. Do it every year. They do it for years. It's it's a it's a good hustle. That was my favorite thing about the uh, Jacksonville State upsetting FSU is that maybe it could, we could peel that Band-Aid off now. It's like, oh, Notre Dame barely. I don't believe transitive quality really exists in sports, but, like, man, if FSU's that bad, you got to, like, make it less interesting if you're Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. Wait, I got to read It's not you. good for Notre Dame. I got to read you this, like, thread right here. Because, like, on Keith Marshall's tweet, they're, like, replying. And then some guy thought he'd go up to bat for Notre Dame saying, they really fooled them when they won their 11 national championships more than any other school ever. Which is, like, eye roll of a take. And so the people are like, I like when people reach back to their great-great-grandfather stats. You went all the way back to when they had leather helmets. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's like, I'm a Pitt fan, but I don't say shit about those World War One rings they won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah back then pop warner football wasn't even a thing yet yeah because it's named after pop warner who hadn't coached yet <laughs> true uh, they had like two plays back then it was run the ball and punch the guy next to you and then when they started letting african-americans play it was give the ball to the black guy Ooh. I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's what they would do. So we got we got one more quick recap. Uh, Miami and App State. Did everybody see the whole cat fiasco? No, wait, no, I yes, didn't. I don't know yes, anything I about, did this. Hear about this. What happened? Oh, it was wild. So there was a cat in the stadium, and the cat was at in like an upper level, and somehow. Ooh. I don't know if it's like somebody snuck their cat in or if it was a stray cat like or a whatever. Cat or something. Yeah, I, it doesn't even matter. It's better not knowing, right? The mystery. <laughs> so anyway, this cat's on an upper level. And at some point, this cat is hanging off the railing of the upper level. So it's a cat hanging on with like its front paws just dangling, about to drop like however far down to the next level. Cameras catch it. Like everybody sees what's going on. <laughs> Eventually, the cat falls. The fans underneath had time to prepare. It was 9-11. They caught the, the cat with, like, a big American flag. No. And, like, the cat lived. I not hear about game. this. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. So, uh, Miami struggled with App State, and after the game, Manny Diaz said that if the cat can help in the red zone, Miami will offer it a scholarship. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> What he doesn't know is that that cat was a Miami fan. He was just trying to end it. Like, no, why'd you save me? <laughs> yep. I can't I can't take any more of this game. No, you. it's like that motivational poster. It's like just hang in there, little cat hanging on a little wire. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Man, that might, that'd be one of the loudest moments during the game. People got really into that. People are so snarky. <laughs> holding this cat like it's Mufasa. Yeah, yeah, they did the, the Mufasa afterwards. <laughs> the cat does not look happy. These Miami fans are so salty. They're like, <laughs> I hope the cat doesn't bulk up too much in the weight program and lose its speed. It doesn't matter because he doesn't develop players anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Call, slow your roll, Nancy. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's, I mean, amazing. Quite amazeballs. 
Um, I think my favorite, um, uh, I don't know if you call it an upset. I guess you call it an upset. Victory of the weekend was Arkansas for Texas. Not just because I love Texas being overrated and then losing, but if I, w- I watched a lot of that game, and it was not like a... It, it, when I was watching, it didn't feel like a, oh, Texas is kind of blowing it here. What are they doing? They're letting Arkansas hang around. It was like Arkansas just beat their ass for four quarters. Like, and it was never close. Yeah. yeah, Arkansas was just better. I mean, it's hard to like win by three touchdowns and have it be the other team just didn't quite capitalize, mm-hmm. you know, or like the other team gave it away. Arkansas was just better. Yeah, I like the coach. Sam Pittman. Yeah, good for Sam Pittman. So mm-hmm. I did see, um, do y'all ever follow Jason Kirk? Yeah. Uh, yeah he yeah. had, he had a pretty good take on the, the big 12 expansion and Oklahoma and Texas to the sec kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And his, oh, yeah. his take was basically that as far as fans and entertainment goes, everybody wins. Oklahoma is joining the sec playing a bunch of big games, winning a lot of games and they're a fun team to watch. So that's a win for the fans. Oklahoma and the SEC, that's fun. Texas, mm-hmm. they're going to the SEC. Everybody gets to watch Texas lose a bunch of games. That's a win for fans. Sure. And then you added all the extra four other teams into the Big 12, and you have a Big 12 that's like chock full of no superpowers, but a bunch of like pretty good teams. Mm-hmm. And now you literally have no clue who's ever going to win the Big 12, and it's going to be chaos every year. Also fun. Here was. Here's my question about um, it was BYU, UCF, um, Houston, Houston, Since, and, and Cincinnati. Gosh, yeah. all all over the freaking map, joining the Big Twelve. Here was my yep. here was my reaction. Did those four teams just reach Power Five status, or did the Big Twelve just become a Group of Six conference? Mm, I would lean to the second, but who knows? It, it's really kind of borderline because. The Big 12 is still clearly better than the AAC or any of the other like G5 conferences, especially when they took those teams from the top of the best G5 conference. You probably now at this point, you have like four main conferences and then the Big 12 and then a group of five. Whoa, it's the purgatory of college football. Yeah, it's really an in-between because those teams are like, it's full of legit, you know, p5 teams it's just like a conference where you took out all the teams that could actually compete for a national title yeah yeah um yeah. so to put a bow on college football for this upcoming weekend we have a couple of interesting games first and foremost i believe it's the big nude game uh let me double check that though Penn State Working hosting... on them tan lines, baby. <laughs> Penn State hosting Auburn. Now Auburn, yeah, has really beat the hell out of two really bad teams, which yep. is what you're supposed to do if you're a good team. I will say, but a lot but of also people hard to figure out what they are. Right, right. right. It's yeah. very hard to figure out what they are. Um, so they're going to Penn State, and a lot of people. Um, believe that Penn State's just going to rock them, but I don't know, and I don't know what, what I want to happen. Do I want? Am I pulling for Auburn? I don't really like Penn State. I don't know. 
Yeah, I guess a, a real, I don't know. I don't know if that game's going to tell us anything about either team. Granted, I don't really know anything about Penn State. You know, they seem like they've been pretty, just a little bit above average the last two or three years under James Franklin. But uh, I don't know. Penn State's looked pretty good so far this year. Um, I don't remember who they've beaten. They haven't, you know, played a they like a ton of great teams either. Wisconsin, but, but that was they that did game beat. Yeah, that neither team looked like they wanted to win. Yeah, but but still, with Penn State, you know, they played a close game at Wisconsin. But it's at Wisconsin, they did win, and we've seen them play another functional team. And mm-hmm. so you do know that Penn State is a functional team, right? Last so year, beat Ball State. Yeah, last year Penn State was dysfunctional. But this year, you know, they have an actual real team, right? And Auburn, we have no clue because the teams that they beat, I mean, they pounded them, right? They beat Akron 60 to 10, which looks awesome. Um, Also, if you go look at like the SP plus rankings, uh, Akron's 126th best team in the nation. That's almost last, isn't it? Yeah, 130th is last, New Mexico State, in case you're wondering. <laughs> um, but so on paper, a lot of like the rankings have Auburn around 10th, which is better than I think a lot of people thought they would be. Th- those rankings also have them as like a 50-point favorite over Akron, because Akron's that bad. Right. So beating Akron by 50 is just what they're supposed to do. So, you know, we'll... Yeah. We'll see. It's encouraging, right? It would if they had won that game like thirty to three, then you would go, "Ooh, that's not good." Right. Um, if it was just kind of like a lazy, um, yeah. I correction. They are not the big noon game. They are seven thirty on ABC. Big noon game is, I believe, Nebraska at Oklahoma. Oh yikes! Oof. There's nothing good for the conference in that game. Right. Well, I guess they're different conferences, but I'm it's a fun helmet it. matchup. This is going to be my first uh, dual screen college football watching this Saturday evening when I watch Georgia, South Carolina, and Auburn, Penn State at the same time. Oh, nice. Maybe. Auburn, Penn State at night, and they'll do like a whiteout at Penn State and everything. Yeah. That'll be fun. Here's the thing, though. I, I mean, I don't like, I don't really don't have the animosity towards Auburn that I used to, if I'm being honest. I wouldn't hate it if they went in there and beat Penn State. I got no love for Penn oh, State. Yeah. Jonathan, is it because we beat them all the time and you can't remember the last time they beat us? It might be. So cause we have we have they haven't beat us lately. So like a lot of their players, I don't really it's have strong since, feelings uh, about. Yeah, it's been since um, that year that we went to the SEC championship and beat yeah. the match. Right. The only time they've beaten us recently is 2017 when we beat them right back, and it didn't matter that we lost. It didn't count. Right. Yeah, nullified. Um, the game that really interests, I don't, it's probably not going to be that interesting, but I've been kind of loosely watching the situation at Florida recently with their quarterbacks. It looks like Dan Mullen is committed to Emory Jones because that's his guy. But it looks for, like they're for one more week. That's for one more, for week. one more week. Yeah, for one more week. But then it seems like you definitely have a more talented option in the redshirt freshman Anthony Richardson. Who has yeah. completed six passes in two games, but he looked really good each time he did it, and he can run. Yeah, that's what all the hot takes were pouring in about. Uh, 
they're gonna let it, they're gonna they're gonna allow Emory Jones to enjoy the Alabama loss and then just start fresh with Richardson after that. I that, yeah. Oh, Richardson also came up lame with like a hamstring or something at the end of their last game. Oh, oh, he did. That's so he's game. yeah. So he's a little bit banged up, and he's younger. And the thing for him is just that he doesn't like know the offense as well and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean he's. Him starting at Alabama, if he was ready to start, they would have started him against the Derpy teams, right? So, yeah, starting him against Alabama while injured for his first start, that's probably not the best way to go. So I'll just let Emory Jones eat it. And See, then... that makes sense when you contextualize it like that, but every take I saw on Twitter was all these Florida fans saying, oh, Dan Mullen knows what he's doing. He knows he's going to lose to Alabama anyway, so he's going to sacrifice Emory Jones. So he can like you know protect his real quarterback who's going to take over the season, turn things around. Well, yeah, we were told that uh, Dan Mullen knows what he's doing when he chose Felipe Franks over Kyle Trask, and we're told he knows what he's doing when Emory Jones has not gotten any better in his entire career at Florida, and he right. still chose him over Anthony Richardson until he's like gets blown out and forced to change quarterbacks. Yeah, I also feel like Florida is very much in the same boat as Auburn, where we don't really know how really good they are yet. And I was actually texting Daniel, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, about you. They played South Florida this week, mm-hmm. and Florida Atlantic the week before, and they didn't exactly blow them out. Like it was pretty one sided, but it wasn't like Florida beat South Florida by three touchdowns. And according to Daniel, USF was is in the bottom of a lot of uh, advanced stats rankings. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're bottom. they're right there next to Vanderbilt and Kansas. Ouch! They're yes. they're bad now. In defense of how that game went, uh, Florida was up by more, I think, after two or three quarters, and then so some of those scores. Coming the other way, where I believe we're kind of late, and so maybe it wasn't quite as close as that would look. Florida was up thirty-five to three at halftime, for example. Right. So, so it's hard I'm to gonna, say. Did you I'm get gonna, some garbage time? I'm going to hit y'all with some rapid-fire questions here regarding this weekend. Okay, so Stanford big win against USC. They got to travel all the way east to play Vanderbilt in Nashville. Are they going to? Win or Vanderbilt's cover? so bad it doesn't matter. Right? Yeah. I was, are they going to cover? <laughs> is Vanderbilt going to cover? Let's see. What is this? Vanderbilt needs to be relegated. There's so much show me the spread. A, a lot of people have had that take so far that they should just be booted out of the conference. <laughs> I mean, I hate I hate the concept of relegation in college football, but it's like why I not? I love it. It's never going to happen. Stanford like is it. favored by eleven. That seems. Low. I would take Stanford to cover the spread all day. Stanford just changed to their better quarterback this past week, which is part mm-hmm. of how they beat USC. So I, uh, I would expect they're gonna. They're gonna I was roll. gonna ask you, will Florida cover against Bama? But I cannot find the spread on this stupid website. I think I <laughs> last heard it was about fourteen points in Bama's favor. Oh, yeah, are they going to cover that? I'll take the win. See, so uh, 15 and a half is what I'm seeing right now. Oh, 
they might cover it. Oh. Yeah, they might because they're Bama and they do that kind of stuff. But a 15 and a half, I would probably go with Florida covering that because that's, that's still losing by that's two touchdowns, right? Yeah. I think Florida is going to cover that. You lose by two touchdowns and still cover. Yeah. But, you know, if they play Emory Jones the whole game, then maybe not. So that's the thing. Emory Jones is not a bad quarterback, right? But Emory Jones is Nick Fitzgerald at Mississippi State. He's a good runner, and he's very, very limited as a passer. Mm-hmm. And they'll have a good running offense, and they'll push a lot of people around. And then when they go play some elite teams, they will score three points and get smashed. So there's a very real chance that that happens to Florida and they lose, you know, 35 to 10 or something like this. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Uh, Border tech goes to Clemson. Clemson is favored by 28 and a half points. Ooh, I'm Clemson. Pretty, pretty sure Clemson can cover that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who did Tech play this past week? They beat somebody. No. Kennesaw State. Oh, they beat Kennesaw State. Yes, they beat Kennesaw State 45 to 17, I think. They beat the pants off of them, yeah. Kennesaw State barely has a collegiate level football team. I'm pretty sure there's high school squads in Metro Atlanta that could probably. Are they they FBS yet? Are they Division 1? I don't know. They're the Owls. Hootie Who. Hootie Who. All right, next question. Our Oregon, off, fresh off their uh, win against um, Ohio State, plays something called Stony Brook. Without Googling it, can you tell me what state Stony Brook is in? Washington. Ooh, it's, it's, some, it's somewhere in the Northeast, isn't it? Yes, good job. I don't remember, though. It's just, you know, it's like a haze of really small Northeast states that are yeah. just like all white, and I forget who's there. <laughs> it's in New York. And okay. that's what I love about college football is I'll look at the schedule for a weekend and every single week I'm like, I've never heard of this college. <laughs> Not even that I've never <laughs> didn't know they had a football team. I didn't know you were a college. <laughs> oh man. Um I I'm ignoring Georgia South Carolina because I think South Carolina is so bad that even on your quarterback back. Uh, so the, the coach isn't starting anymore? Yeah, the grad assistant coach I don't think is going to be starting. They got their guy back from last year. I know there have been times when Georgia has, has had really good seasons and they lose to South Carolina. I just don't – I can't see how it's this year. Oh, it's, yeah, it's it's pretty unlikely. The talent disparity is just – it's too much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I don't see anything else interesting. We're talking about. Uh, I don't think Purdue can knock off Notre Dame. What's the spread on that game? Notre Dame's look pretty bad. The Notre Dame by seven is the spread. Ooh, that's an interesting bet. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cincinnati at Indiana is kind of interesting. That's true because Indiana was preseason like fifteen and then they lost or something. Yeah, and I think Indiana's probably just okay, um, but Cincinnati. Well, it stinks for Cincinnati because they have Indiana and Notre Dame on the schedule, and it looked like they were going to have a chance to like get some big wins, right? Mm-hmm. And now, eh, maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. But 
they do have a good chance to like they if they go on the road and beat Indiana by they multiple touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, then people, you know, it's like, hey, Indiana's not great, but that would still be a good win for them. Yeah. They get to play Notre Dame the next week too, or two weeks after that. Yeah. That'll be interesting. If they can like go on the road and beat both those teams, you know, handily. Um, all right. Well, should we talk a little bit about the NFL, which did have its first week? I don't know if there was any, <laughs> must like, we must we, right? Are there any, like, well, we can do it in the context of, were there any like takes worth mentioning that, uh, the, the Twitter sphere had like presented to us? Um, I mean, the best take was that picture of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that picture of Aaron Rodgers. And it was like, I mean, the take kind of like, Coming from that situation where Green Bay lost ugly, their their opener is is Aaron Rodgers throwing, like throwing in the sense like not like literally throwing the ball because he obviously does that, but I mean like he's throwing a season because he doesn't want to be there, like yeah, intentionally playing poorly. That's what I should have said. <laughs> you know things are bad when Taysom Hill has a higher QBR than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Like the get, I get. I mean, granted, he's a gadget player, so what he throws like three times a game, but like, man. In case you're wondering, they lost to the Saints, thirty-eight to three. He threw two bad. interceptions. QBR of thirteen. It was a very weird game. Jameis Winston threw for like a hundred and forty yards and five touchdowns. He threw for five touchdowns and hundred forty yards. I did not know that. Yeah. It's this is very hard to do. That is very hard to do. He must say got really good LASIK eye surgery. Um, Jacksonville hey. got the doors blown off of him at home. Shocker by Houston. It's all going according to plan. Oh, <laughs> he might have picked up that iPhone yesterday and just kind of took a peek. Maybe sent a text to an agent or two. Yeah, he's like, uh, sorry, Jacksonville, I can't make it to the next game. I got a thing out of town next weekend. That's, uh, you know, yeah, I got to go to a wedding in L.A. Yeah, you know, you know, if in the press conference, he ever answers a question like I guarantee you, like you're what Saban did in Miami. <laughs> yeah, rip. He gone. Sign those papers. <laughs> like, as soon as he says that, like, yep, he's not going to be here anymore. Oh, that's funny. Oh, I got to say this. Here's a, here's a good take about that. Here's uh, someone tweeted this after Clay Helton got fired. It's like Urban Myers after hearing the USC job came we he misspelled it John. USC John <laughs> came up and it's a picture of Urban Meyer being helped up by his assistants. <laughs> Is this what he was at Ohio State? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that man is ridiculous. He is kind of a clown. I know he's talented coach, but he's such a clown. <sighs> what a clown. I mean, if you're talented, people will look the other way on a lot of things. And I guess, like, faking illness, both physical and mental. It's like, yeah, whatever. He's like, he's either like a crippling hypochondriac, which is an Ill- illness, or he's definitely a fraud. We, I think we all, I think most people agree it's, that's probably his MO. But, man, he must be really good at this coaching the football if people really want him that bad if you know he's just going to flake out after three years or less. Right. I was yeah. really happy for uh, 
ex-Georgia Bulldog Matthew Stafford looked really good yeah. with the LA Rams. Yep. He oh, needs to play people, for a real there was team. People, right? There were people who had, like, obviously never really watched Stafford because he played Detroit for so long. And I remember on Twitter there were people saying, like, wow, this Stafford guy can really throw. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I know Detroit is bad, but, like, their games were televised. <laughs> like, At least Lord. sometimes. <laughs> Like, come on, guys. <laughs> well, it does demonstrate how most of us fans, we don't really look at the finer details of things. Yeah. We only look at the stats and the like. Yeah, fantasy. you just look at the numbers. Yeah. Fantasy football has exacerbated this problem because it's all about stats, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's like about bad stats that aren't meaningful. Like, who can draft the most running backs that like poach touchdowns? Like guys, that's not how. Like that's not even related to real life, right? Okay, so this I did want to bring this up. I was I've been hearing this take recently, and I'm sure it's been around a lot longer. I just the first for some reason this is the first year I've heard it, and I want to say I heard it from Bud Elliott, and he was talking about how he thinks turnovers are like a misleading stat, and that they're mm-hmm. way more luck based. And so they get like overrated when you're considering like like a defense a defense's effectiveness or how good a team is. Like oh, their turnovers. He sees turnovers as like just very much luck. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of into that. It kind of made sense. Yeah, and and I think I think I heard the same podcast that you listened to, and he was talking about it, and um, he was kind of did sort of talk about it in a very like quick, simplified manner because it's not all luck but it's that luck is a big component of that's it right that's right so like what is you know and the people have studied this and there's lots of like data that bears this out right but one sort of like quick simple way to think about it is look at which teams have the best offensive teams every year which teams have the best defensive teams every year right oklahoma is not the one of the best offensive teams every year by luck Right? right? It's not an accident. Ohio State is not getting lucky to have a bunch of wide receivers. You, you can see that their offense is good. They're good every year, right? Because of recruiting and coaching and all this. However, their turnover numbers can fluctuate a lot from one year to the other. Same goes for like defense. Like you look at Georgia or Alabama or teams with really good defenses, they can be the, one of the top defenses every year. One year they get more turnovers, one year they don't. Well, the yeah. coaches were still coaching and stressing the importance of turnovers in both those years. They always want to take the ball away. And I'm like, sure, one year or the other, some players or others might be a little bit better or a little bit worse at it. That part's still there. But a big part of it is kind of like random chance. Mm-hmm. So like when people track stuff, looking at turnovers can be a bit more luck involved. It's like a little bit of skill and a lot of bit of luck. The that part that sense. is more skill is things like passes defended, like how many times you get your hand on the ball. So like they'll look at it and they're like, oh, this team had like seven passes defended. That's how many times your defensive back got their hands on the ball. Well, that's more stable because that's more yeah, your defensive back indicator. made a play. And whether or not that play happened to be dropped by the defensive back that time or caught by the defensive back that time, or whether that was the time when the receiver slipped or the next game's the time when the receiver slipped, that's hard to predict. And, and the other thing, too, is like fumbles. On average, 
you know, over time, well, of course on average, but over time, any given team normally recovers about half the fumbles. So you'll have a team that recovers like two thirds of the fumbles in one season, and then they'll recover like a third of the fumbles the next season. Right. That kind of stuff. And it's the same coaching staff, same players, all this. It's a weird shaped ball. It actually bounces funny. That's like legitimately part of it. Right. (laughs) Right. So, so anyway, yeah. So when that kind of stuff happens, people go through and they calculate what they call turnover luck. And they look at like how many fumbles there were in the game and how many you recovered. So if there's like four fumbles in a game and you, on average, you should recover two of them. But if you recover all four, you had a lot of turnover luck and that translates to points and that kind of stuff. Same with like passes defended versus interceptions, right? If you got your hand on like 10 passes and had no interceptions, well, it's just kind of a little bit fluky that you didn't have an interception or two that day. Right. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. I don't know why I never thought of it that way, but yeah. Well, and it's because there is a part of actual like skill in there too, right? Like in general, the better teams are going to have positive turnover margins. But a lot of that has to do with just having better athletes and being ahead and in advantageous situations, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. And of course, I'm missing the Falcons lost their home opener to the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> oh boy, that one that one shot of like Matt Ryan just looking oh, like a chalk totally outline splayed out on the ground. It definitely looks like a chalk outline. Like here lies Matt Ryan. Here I yeah, one. You know, uh, shockingly the Falcons drafted an offensive lineman in the third round that a lot of people thought was more of like a fourth or fifth rounder and not a bad prospect, but drafted a, a round or two early and definitely a guy that had some upside, but really needs time to develop, right? A oh, guy yeah. that you were like, hey, okay, this guy could be really good. He's not ready to play as a rookie. And I don't know if he'll be ready to like start by year two, but you know, you're hoping like upside is there, right? Well, they mm-hmm. started in week one and he had like the lowest PFF grade of like any offensive lineman and so, literally got Matt Ryan killed. So I was listening to it on the radio because I was tri- driving a lot on Sunday. And so I was like paying attention in and out while driving. It felt like we got a false start like four times in a row and it felt like the same player. It was, it was that guard. Okay. Okay. I figured it was him. Mayfield is his name. Yeah. Number 77. Yeah. His his number got called a lot. I listened to local radio this morning. um, And they were, they were hot under the (sighs) collar about the Falcons performance. <laughs> one guy out there, he was like, I mean, "It was bad." You draft Kyle Pitts, and you're in the red zone, and he's not on the field. <laughs> like, what? What are we doing? Well, that's asking a lot. That's another rookie you're asking a lot of to come in and like bail your quarterback out. I guess when I I watched the game <laughs> Sunday, and like I wasn't really like surprised. I mean, to quote the uh, the top comment on their Instagram post, my expectations were low, but holy f. But like, I guess it just brought to home that we had a a coach in a front office who kept on. They had like a win now mentality for like five years. They kept mortgaging the future. They made some really bad player management and payroll decisions. And it's going to take at least two or three years for them to get out from underneath that. Like looking at Matt Ryan splayed on the ground, like 
you know, a crash test dummy. I feel so bad for him because I feel like he should have been given the opportunity. Matthew Stafford what was given, which was start over at another franchise and hopefully get, you know, a win before you retire. But he can't do that because of the. The payroll situation. Yeah, and he's running for his life. He's running for his life. He's he's not going to be able to walk. He's He's not not fast. fast. He can't. He's not going to be able to walk when he's forty. Um, and he can't get out of the Falcons organization because of the cap space problem. So he's there for at least another season after this one. Yeah, it's it's going to be bad. I've been out on the team for this year for a long time. Oh yeah, teams struggle when they have new coaches. And the offensive line is going to be a problem. You look at it, it's like, okay, look, it's just going to be the offensive line that's bad and the running backs that are bad and the whole defense that's bad and an all-new coaching staff. What could go wrong? Yeah. What's going to happen? So, yeah, I barely watched any games last season. So this upcoming weekend, though, a friend of mine said, hey, come on over. We're going to watch the Falcons play in the Bucks." And I said, yeah, we'll go do that. So I'll be watching the game, and we're probably going to get murdered. But it'll be fun to be with people. Flip on Pirates of the Caribbean at halftime. I'll just play the I'll just play the the soundtrack every time Tampa Bay's um scoring a touchdown, so it'll just be on a constant loop. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna get mashed so bad. Yeah, better so, start believing in ghost stories. Cause you're, you're in you're one. one. <laughs> the the so, ghost of Matt Ryan. So I haven't really talked baseball recently. That's because baseball's in the uh pretty much the cruise control until playoffs because Braves are okay, but the other teams keep losing in their division. Nothing's really changed for the most part in the other divisions. So nothing. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of a great uh, division races right now, to be honest. They were they were great like a month ago, and then they've pretty mm-hmm. much been kind of settled. Um, yeah, you got some like wild card races, right? Like you got the Blue Jays and the Yankees and the Red Sox. But the thing is, you know. I don't know. There's like three spots, or there's three teams. I guess they're all competing for the wild card. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. Other than that, I don't know. I mean, can the Giants hold on to the win the division over the Dodgers? But it doesn't like super matter. It doesn't. No, no. it's tight. Um, yeah, the AL looks pretty settled mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean, the Mariners are six in the game, six and a half games behind the Astros. But like, how many games left do we have on the season? Maybe fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing total guess. Um, sweet. So, do we have a take to unite us, or did we do it? Did we blow it like last time? Really? I don't know. We did kind of just hammer through all of our stuff, so. Wow. Maybe Matt. Yeah. Maybe the Matt Ryan, like out, ch- out chalk outline of his body is to take the United States. I did see it. Yeah, so bad. I, I really didn't even see much of the game. Um, we were at the beach on Sunday for oh, the fun. kiddo's birthday. So I have seen people on Twitter the last twenty four hours really rally around Nicki Minaj. And I, I, I don't understand <laughs> all of it, but <laughs> well, that tells I, me something about who those uh, those people are. Because she mostly she said that her friend's cousin in Trinidad uh, got vaccinated, and then 
that person's balls swelled up and the fiance <laughs> called off the wedding. So make sure to do your own research. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. But I think she got on the. She's been on the the war path with some like online journalists who have maybe. Uh, gosh. Something about her. But there's something going on between her and Joy Reid right now. And I don't don't know if I fully understand it. By the way, I was close. There are 19 games left. 18 and 19, depending on what you missed. Sorry. Okay, so this is plenty of time to to come back from a six-game. There's also, I will, I should say, I think the Braves lead, what, three or four games? Plenty of time to blow it. <sighs> All oh, right. For sure. Hey, I got I to gotta take the Unites us. Okay, oh, boy. In these troubling times, when the bonds we all share are threatened to be torn asunder by the quick takes, the hot takes, the medium rare takes, and the takes that are doomed to be deleted on Twitter tomorrow, we need a sports take to bring us back together. Now more than ever, these are the takes that unite us. It's it's interestingly from uh, John Kincaid, who, you know, Atlanta Sports Radio can be a bit of a blowhard sometimes, I think. I mean, it's kind of his job, so it's not even necessarily his fault, right? Doing mm. sports radio. <clears throat> but his take, honestly, Matt Ryan would have been safer in the parking lot at Linux Mall today. Oh, that is a uniting take. Yep. Yep. For those yep. who may not know, Linux Mall, many of shootings. So much so that I, I don't think they, you can be under 18 in alone you have to have an adult with you it's at 18 or 14 it's something like that they changed the little rule there it does that does come up on um atl scoop a lot lately which if you don't know is an instagram account that just documents all the buck wild and impossibly stupid things that happen in atlanta 24 7 a lot of cars catching on fire on 285 that's yes. probably half the content Gosh, are y'all looking at some of these pictures of just like the offensive line completely letting Matt Ryan down? It's brutal. Yes. <laughs> There's the one from a couple of years ago where he's being hit by four Rams players at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And one from the Eagles game the other day where there's three offensive linemen <laughs> on the ground. Just a pile of offensive linemen <laughs> on their butts. <laughs> Yeah, someone took that picture and captioned, Matt Ryan is the problem. <laughs> yeah, for real. So yeah, and it's like, guys, we get it. Matt Ryan is not as good as Tom Brady. So, like, is he perfect? No. Right? Are there some better quarterbacks? Yes. He's a really good quarterback. Most of the team's problems have not been him. True. Amen to that. Oh, I feel united. <laughs> he's, he's trying to get this pass off. To, uh, yeah. he's, he's covered in rams and his, his, face, like, his face is like showing teeth like this is gonna hurt somebody please god yeah. anyone help me <laughs> and, and here's the thing that's from 2019 it's been like this guys <clears throat> that's not anything new so yeah I, 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 I've been keeping tabs on the Falcons I think this might be the season that phases me out of even doing that and I'll just be completely unknowledgeable like, hey, did you catch a Falcons game? Did you see what happened? No, I don't even know why we're mad. Why are we mad? <laughs> I didn't even watch it. 
I think I've been lulled into caring less and less and less ever since uh, Super Bowl 51. Yeah, that like, was a start for me. Just like a slow, like, don't care. Uh, it's like we're all broken inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this, this buddy of mine who invited me to his house, uh, he, he watched the first Georgia game of the season with me. And we were with a bunch of people, and they were all into it. And he's like, man, I wish y'all would throw down like this for the Falcons games, because I really like the Falcons, and I don't really watch college football. And I just looked at him like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> like, I'll be happy to come watch a game with you, but it's never going to happen. Uh, man, there were so many good treatments of that Matt Ryan just splayed out in the ground. Like some people, some people put the wasted logo, like from Grand Theft Auto. Or oh my God! I record just saw... scratch, freeze frame. Yep, that's me, Atlanta Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan. You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> Sounds like a Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, the Malcolm in the Middle. The the one you just posted, Scott, of like my favorite, favorite, favorite meme, which is James Franco. Yeah. In the ballad of Buster Scruggs, with the <laughs> with the noose around his neck, looking to his left, going first time, and it's Matt Ryan getting the new Falcons players date for Sunday's game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Wow, well, here you go. This you was laugh. this you was laugh. the the PFF uh, recap of that game. By the way. The Falcons had the league's worst pass-blocking efficiency yesterday per PFF. PFF's review also concluded that Ryan was responsible for zero hits, sacks, hurries, or pressures he faced. No, he actually... They go, they go through and, like, you know, try and assign blame to the line of the quarterback, right? Like, sometimes the quarterback holds the ball too long, and that's why they get hit. Sometimes right. they screw up the protection call. You know, sometimes they get antsy in the pocket and run around. <clears throat> But, uh, nope, 100% on the O-line. No, he actually oh, had... And, uh, oh, man. Left guard and right tackle were responsible for 93% of the issues. So it's two spots that just were actual turnstiles. Yep. I mean, I wa- I'm watching the video of that play where you have, like, the three offensive linemen laying on top of one another. Matt Ryan actually got out of the pocket, scrambled, juked out Eric Wilson, the linebacker for Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. almost got a first down. He's yep. 36 years problem. old. Matt Ryan's the problem. Yeah, it's clearly his fault. We, we should have drafted a quarterback. I, yeah, I like Matt Ryan, and I wanted us to go ahead and draft a quarterback because so, yeah. you got to start over. You're not drafting quarterback because Matt Ryan's bad. You're drafting yeah, quarterback because exactly. you why. just got to I mean, start I over. That. I meant that. Yeah, I, wanted, I know. I agree. I wanted them to trade Matt Ryan, not because <laughs> I think he's bad, but I think he deserves a chance to win with Be a better free. team. Be free. Fly free. Fly free. Like, yeah. Thanks, he's, Matt Ryan. He's earned his dues. You've, you've been, it's been a good decade, but man, we can't, we can't possibly take care of you at this point. Like You cannot <laughs> trust the Falcons. Mm-mm. All right, well, that's enough hate on that. Is um, it, though? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not enough. <laughs> I saw somewhere, if you want to keep it going, I did see this stat. It's, I'll never find it on Twitter. It was, a, it was a Twitter account that specifically rates how, what, how uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, 
whether a team's punt, how chicken shit it was of a punt. Oh, yeah. And I love that. Oh. And apparently the Falcons had a punt in the fourth quarter down by several scores with eight left from their own 30 that was rated as one of the low, one of the most cowardly punts since, like, whenever the heck they started tracking or something. <laughs> wow. Like, it, was, it was pretty <clears throat> funny. I, I was like, yep, th- that sounds right. Who is who? Who is ranked? Who's number one on the chicken shit chart for that? I don't know. I need to find that account. They I did see. Uh, they do God's work. Let me see here. Oh, uh, I might have liked it. Let's see. Did y'all see? Um, it got it got overshadowed probably because Clay Helton got fired after the game. But did y'all see that USC's kicker got called for targeting on the first play of game and ejected? Yes, hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I found it. I found it. The Twitter account's called Surrender Index. Surrender at Surrender underscore Index. And the tweet was Atlanta decided to punt to Philly from the Atlanta thirty on fourth and three with a nine. Minute twenty sec twenty one seconds remaining in the fourth while losing six to twenty two, with a surrender index of six point nine six. This punt ranks as the ninety. Oh, this is how they're doing in terms of percentile. This punt ranks at the ninety fourth percentile of cowardly punts of the twenty twenty one season and eightieth percentile of all punts since nineteen ninety nine. So on a scale of zero to hundred, ninety fourth is pretty high. <laughs> Love and to see it. I am following this Twitter account. It's surrender <laughs> index. Surrender underscore yeah. index. And there's a picture of a the the, the actually, profile picture is li- the profile picture is literally a, a Falcons putter. Oh yeah, yep. Matt Bosher. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <sighs> they have two accounts. I didn't know that. Yeah, they have two accounts. They have surrender index and surrender index ninety. And if I remember right, surrender index ninety only posts about ones that are ninetieth percentile or. Or worse. So that one gives you only the most egregious ones. But if you want to really follow the nitty gritty of every punt, that's Surrender Index. I love where their head's at. They, they, they aim to please. They're here for the fans. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's so it's, good. It's based on an idea from John Boyce, who is, yeah, a very funny, he's just like one of these like weird, quirky dudes. But I think he's the guy that back in the day did the like Breaking Madden series. Where it'd be like, take one team and make every player as small as you could, but bump all their stats up, and then make the other team everybody be as big as they could be and bump all their stats down. So you had a bunch of like big, terrible giants playing a bunch of like mighty little midgets and stuff like that. And they would do the dumb stuff where they'd be like, okay, if I make my quarterback a 99 at everything, how long can I run around for one play <clears throat> before I get tackled? Can I like waste an entire quarter on one play? They would just do like dumb crap like that and make articles about it. He also, John Boyce also runs an account called Cancel Surrender Index, which is Cancel Surrender. (laughs) So he runs an Oppo account. And I'm trying to figure out sparing puns from unfair judgments by Surrender Index. (laughs) He does also does like the secret base. I think, did he do the thing recently on the Falcons? I think it was him. That whole thing on like the, yeah, 
It's called Dorktown Presents the History of the Atlanta Falcons, a seven-part documentary series from Secret Base. You're watching on YouTube if you are into S&M. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the kind of thing you can get off on. Throw that puppy on for an evening. I will make a Diet Coke and coconut rum drink if I watch that, which I can't. I've never tried it before, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be awful. But I don't. You don't deserve to drink anything good if you're going to subject su- subject yourself to a history of the Atlanta Falcons, right? <laughs> like I'm not going to make a a New York sour. Yeah. We know what we're signing up for here, people. Oh <laughs> uh, boy! All right, y'all. I got to run. All right. Yep. I'll catch you guys later. Um, outro. <laughs>